The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is going on, peeps? Welcome to episode 149 of the Fretzelmania podcast. I am the North American treasure, your second favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz. Today I'm going to lend a hand and review Monday Night Raw from February 28th, 2000. That's right. It's time to talk about May Young giving birth. To a hand. But first, as is tradition, I'm going to go grapple surfing to see what else was going on in the world of wrestling in that particular week. WCW Monday Nitro on the very same night was held in the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the NHL's Minnesota Wild. The Mamelukes. Big Vito and Johnny the Bull with Disco Inferno defeated Lenny Lane and Idol, a.k.a. Damian Sandow, who retain the WCW Tag Team Championships. I was today years old when I learned that Damian Sandow was in WCW, and I was watching the product at this time. Billy Kidman with Tori Wilson Versus Booker T ended in a no contest. So I'm I'm guessing that Booker went back to Sesame Street, wrestled Ahmed Johnson, and got the letter T back into his name. Or they backtracked and realized it was an insanely idiotic idea. Caffeinate yourselves from podcasting, kids. Three count. Evan Courageous. Sugar Shane Helms and Shannon Moore defeated Brian Nobbs to win the Hardcore Championship. So yes, this is the time. This is the era where three people will hold a singles title. Let's see where it goes from here. I'm not going to ask Mance for the spoilers. <laughs> the American Nightmare, Dustin Rhodes, beat Screamin' Norman Smiley. Jeff Jarrett beat Vampiro to retain the United States Championship. The artist formerly known as Prince Iakea with Paisley beat David Flair with Daphne. The Stro, or Maestro, if you will, with Symphony, a.k.a. Ryan Shamrock, defeated Ernest the Cat Miller. Rick Flair beat Kurt Henning to get his win back from the Lose Release Town match on Raw, Seven years previous to this, Buff Bagwell beat Lex Luger by disqualification, and in the main event, Sid Vicious beat Tank Abbott to retain the WCW title. Nothing says main event like Tank Abbott. Meanwhile, on SmackDown on March 2nd, 2000 in Trenton, New Jersey, 
few days after this episode of Raw, Harry Saturn, Dean Malenko, and Chris Benoit defeated Chris Jericho and Too Cool, accompanied by China. Jeff Hardy with Matt beat S.A. Rios by disqualification in a match for the light heavyweight championship, and as a result, S.A. Rios retains. This is not a Canadian rules match here, folks. Crash Holly beat Taz to retain the hardcore championship. Oh, we are in the Houdini of hardcore era, mere weeks away from the 24-7 era. Oh, oh man. I'm looking forward to this. X-Pac on the road, dog, with Tori beat Edge and Christian. Test beat Viscera. Kurt Angle defeated Sergeant Slaughter to retain the Intercontinental Championship in the year 2000. Imagine that. The Dudley Boys beat Kane by disqualification in a handicap match. And in the main event, The Rock and Rikishi, the OG bloodline, defeated The Big Show and Triple H, accompanied by the McMahon siblings. Monday Night Raw emanates tonight from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Having just been there a month ago for the Royal Rumble. Yes, this is like WWE's kind of home arena, if you will. But can you not spread it out just a little bit more? I mean, I get irked that Toronto gets WWE maybe twice a year. And then, say, Louisville, Kentucky will get like 10. Like, like okay, guys. Okay. Okay. So we see a sizzle reel from No Way Out the previous night. Mick Foley is retired as Triple H defeated Cactus Jack in the Hell in the Cell main event to retain the world title and send Mick Foley packing. Check out last week's episode with Kyle from the Apron Bump for more. That was... Uh, Quite the <laughs> interesting episode, to say the least. We see a Rock for President 2000 sign in the crowd, and here we are 24 years later, and that is an actual possibility, which is... It's, it's just wild to me that celebrities would get into politics, which shows what I know about politics, which is fuck all, which is nothing. So Raw here, it kicks off with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon coming into the ring, cutting a promo on Mick Foley, you know, talking about last night, and yeah, that Triple H might have a little bit of respect for, for Mick Foley after last night. But he lost. He's retired. They're they're goading the MSG crowd here. They're chanting, we want Foley. And somewhere in Atlanta, a 15-year-old Cody Rhodes is chanting, we want Cody into the ethos to be heard 24 years later. 
Triple H has a tribute video prepared for Mick Foley. Cue up Sarah McLaughlin, although not on the network. It was some cheesy music, which I swear was going to break out into uh, Tell Me a Lie from the Shawn Michaels injury angle from 1996. Just I thought it was going to go there, but uh, I remember vividly watching this being uh, on the cusp of turning 16 at the time. They queued up Sarah McLaughlin, the I Will Remember You song. And I'm going to say this, uh, if that song is played at my funeral, I will leap up from my casket and super kick the DJ before going back to the afterlife. So we see, you know, we see Sako, we see Dude Love Dancing, we see Stone Cold Steve Austin just face palming. At the Dude Love Dancing, which I swear Mick was trying to pop Austin on live TV. I mean, and then, you know, Austin goes and tries to do the same thing to The Undertaker in 2000, but we go from there. <laughs> um, we then see the hardcore title, Mick Foley parading around with that, and the world title. And then you hear Break It Down, the Run DMC version. Of DX, by the way. Oh man, we are getting into that Good. rap album that the WWE released in 2000. Oh boy. And we see footage of Mick Foley getting his ass kicked, of picking his wedgie, of ripping his pants, of picking his wedgie, of getting his ass kicked. And Picking his wedgie. Yeah, yeah. They they sabotaged the the tribute video here. And then Triple H is laughing in the ring. Stephanie is laughing. Nuclear heat from the crowd. Steph calls McFoley a fat, disgusting loser. No, wait, you're a fat, disgusting, retired loser. And now out comes Shane McMahon and the big show on the road. To WrestleMania. Shane McMahon then says, I'm not going to sit idly by and watch you ruin the business that dad set up for us. <clears throat> I'm just going to tiptoe past that one. Shane McMahon says that he was waiting for his spot to align himself with a champion. No, not you, Triple H. No. Not you, Rock. A future champion in the big show. And The Rock interrupts this promo, wanting to finish his story at WrestleMania. And he says, congratulations to the four of you. No, not you, Shane, for returning to the WWE. No, not you, Stephanie, for being the biggest tramp walking New York City. Not you, big show. We're going to WrestleMania, and no, not you, Triple H, for retaining the world title last night. No. Congratulations to all four of you for being the biggest bunch of assholes The Rock has ever seen. The Rock is going to WrestleMania, and The Rock will be the WWE champion. Triple H replies, The Rock will. 
This is an A and B conversation. See your way out of it. Tonight's Monday Night Raw was brought to you by Sesame Street, the letters D, X, and the number 69. Nice. Triple H says, just walk away. You had your chance, and you blew it. Go back to the bottom of the ladder. And speaking of that, tonight, in this very ring, take a shot. You go back to the bottom as you go one-on-one with New York's own, the Brooklyn Brawler. Wow. Triple H then goes, if you smell what the game is playing. By the way, I've been playing Donkey Kong Country recently. Thanks for asking. Fane then says, the only chance you have in going to WrestleMania is no chance in hell. Hang on a second. Did, did that come out grammatically correct? That sounded like a double negative. And don't double negatives make positive i got like straight d's in math so i don't know a damn thing backstage the apa have their office they have the door with the apa sign they got their pool table they're sitting there they're drinking they're smoking cigars they're playing cards they're having a good time and the hardy boys barge in here and the apa take exception to this And the Hardy Boys challenge them to a match. APA are just basically ignoring them. Till Matt flips the poker table onto them. They take exception to this. And Bradshaw steps outside of his invisible wall. They are still figuring out the lore of the APA here. But eventually, they'll be like, hey, hey, step through the door. Go through the door. They, They eventually... Figure it out. But yeah, we got the APA and the Hardys. We are running it back from the summer of 1999. Those matches were boo. Yikes. And that match is now. Hardy Boys, Pearl Harbor, the APA from the front, jumping over the top rope onto them to the outside. Shirts come off. Girls go nuts, as is tradition. JBL, big boots, Matt in the face. And... Jim Ross talks about Bradshaw's interest in the stock market on commentary. And man, the fact that this gimmick could have been cooked up as far back as 2000. Wow. I mean, I did read about it back in the day, like Bradshaw having like stock market tips in WWE magazine or on like WWE.com back in the day. The fact that he took that into his gimmick after being done with the APA is just wild to me. Still hate the character transformation. I wish Bradshaw would have stayed as kind of a Stan Hansen-esque, badass Texan heel kind of deal. But, you know, we can't rewrite history. Matt gets a DDT. Jeff gets the hot tag here. JBL lands the sack of shit, a.k.a. the fallaway slam, the last call, whatever you want to call it. The move that Scott Hall used to do before setting up for the razor's edge. You get a blind tag, JBL eats a twist of fate, and the Hardy Boys upset the APA. Backstage, the Eurocontinental champion Kurt Angle is boring an usher 
about which title would weigh more, saying that geography would dictate that the IC title could weigh more because there is more land covered, but Europe is a continent of itself. And he goes down to the ring here to issue an open challenge for one of his titles tonight. It's the European Championship. And he also makes fun of Daryl Strawberry's addiction problems for some reason. By the way, Daryl Strawberry was addicted to brain and nerve tonic. Daryl. Daryl. Shout out if you get that Simpsons reference. And the challenge is answered by Rikishi. Who gets into the ring here, hits a leg drop. The stink face is denied or saved for later. And Kurt Angle then... Clips the big man's knee. Rikishi hits a Samoan drop. Lands the stink face. And Kurt Angle bails. He just... He walks out. He then sees... These people came here to see me in a wrestling match. Not have your big butt in my face. And as he's scarpering up the ramp... Chris Jericho's music hits. And he says... Rikishi might have a giant ass. But Kirk Angel... You are a giant ass. We want to see you get the stink face again. So he sends Kurt Angle into the ring. He gets a Rikishi driver and a bonsai drop, but not stink face. Hmm. The Radicals then jump Rikishi. Two cool come out to even the odds. And backstage in a skirmish, Perry Saturn challenges Y2J for a match, running it back from their feud in WCW the year previous. Our next contest is Edge and Christian versus Head Cheese. Out comes Terry to be on commentary for reasons. Well, those reasons kind of being she somewhat helped Edge and Christian become the number one contenders to the tag titles at WrestleMania at No Way Out. Also give partial, partial credit to the Acolyte Protection Agency. Al Snow says that Steve Blackman needs personality and he needs to have a memorable entrance. So out comes Steve to a bootleg version of personality. Cheese Wiz adds personality. Oh, God, I'm old. Mary says that Matt and Jeff came to visit her twice a week while she was recovering. How many days are in a week? Well, According to the Beatles, eight. Or the B-Sharps, also eight. Number eight. Terry did not get the adoration that she desired. And when she was coming out to the ring here, she was carrying this humongous bag. I thought it was some kind of oversized purse or Louis Vuitton or something like that. So head cheese are working over Christian. And while this happens, Terry gets into her bag of tricks. And starts wearing the cheese head. The Green Bay Packers cheese head. Ah, shout out to Nate. I wish the Chiefs could beat the Packers in the Super Bowl. No offense. <laughs> so, this of course infuriates Steve Blackman, allowing Edge and Christian to hit a dropkick in the back and a spear combo for the win. Our next match is The Rock versus. Brooklyn Brawler coming full circle, Nate, take a shot, from 1996, where Brooklyn Brawler wrestled The Rock in one of his several tryout matches in the company 
before signing and debuting at Survivor Series 1996. Steve Lombardi, he is a longtime employee, former employee of the WWE, being the Brooklyn Brawler, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, slash MVP, not Montel, and one of the fake doinks. I think he was also Kim Chi. He wore many, many hats in the company, also being like a road agent or a producer or something like that. So it wasn't a big deal, but it also kind of was, maybe to the boys. So The Rock makes extremely short work of, of the brawler hitting a rock bottom in like 30 seconds to win this match. He gets a promo calling Triple H out. And Shane and Steph prevent this, saying that, hey, yeah, Rock's going to goad you into a title match before WrestleMania. And The Rock says, if The Rock and Big Show headlines WrestleMania, it will absolutely suck. Oh, how the turn tables for WrestleMania 40, Rock. Then we have a heel huddle with all the heels. Triple H says you have one last chance. So no way out was for nothing. This is starting to sound really familiar. A lot of detours and uh, side streets on the road to WrestleMania. Triple H says that you couldn't. You have to beat me in the Big Show in a handicap match, but you have to pin one of us. Put a pin in that for later, folks. Our next contest is Chris Jericho versus Perry Saturn running back the dress feud from early 1999 in WCW. Tynus theme plays for reasons. She's not involved in this match. She is just friends with Chris Jericho at this point in time. She comes down to the ring, fires off her bazooka, one of the better entrances in No Mercy. Fight me on that. Saturn hits a T-bone and a, and a corkscrew splash and a clothesline onto Jericho. Jericho then does his incredibly powerful lifting double powerbomb. I mean, in his prime, Chris Jericho, he was a powerhouse for a cruiserweight. I mean, despite how you may feel about him today, I mean, he still deserves a lot of respect for his, for his wrestling ability. He gets that powerbomb. He goes for the lion salt, but Malenko grabs the ropes and Jericho just tumbles to the outside. Saturn T-bone suplexes, suplexes China in the ring, but then China hits a low blow onto Perry, lion salt, and Jericho wins. Backstage, we have a DX pip talk. Pep talk. Pip talk. Pip talk from South Park. Oh, do you remember that particular character in South Park who mysteriously disappeared? Pepperidge Farm remembers. So, Billy is injured, arm in a sling, and Triple H says that DX is going to get the title shot tonight, but it's Road Dog and X Pac. And Billy is very confrontational about this, kind of being smarmy and sarcastic. And says, like, what? With one arm, I'm better than you'll ever be. Pointing at Triple H. And then Triple H decks Billy. DX hover around him. Boot him out of the locker room. And Billy's off to get shoulder surgery. And he is out of Degeneration X. 
we won't see Billy for about six or so months. We won't see him until I think like No Mercy Survivor Series around that time. And yeah, he's he's not with DX, although it's kind of funny. When he returns, he does tag with the Road Dog again, but the Road Dog has a new tag team partner by then. He's going to move some things and get rowdy. Billy Gunn's out of DX. Our next contest, we are just going beat for beat for beat and a lot of non-finishes and schmazes. I'm noticing this, and I'm noticing tonight. We got Mark Henry versus Crash Holly for the Hardcore Championship. Crash Holly Hardcore Champion. Oh, we are here. The Houdini of Hardcore, the 24-7 rule is weeks away. Fuck yes. Let's go. Crash, backwards hat, butcher scale. Elroy Chance, man, it's taking me back. That guy died way too young, way too many, you know, drug problems and whatnot. Just, oh, man, I miss, I miss that guy. Uh, back, back around this time, I was always sporting a a buzz cut. Scratch that. I still buzz my own head today. And although there's a bit of a scruffy beard starting here. When I was 15, I resembled Crash Holly just a little bit, so my friends would also call me Crash or Elroy or Drew Carey Jr. <laughs> so Crash Holly gets a 2x4. Oh, Mark Henry beals Crash, sets up for a splash, but May insists, May Young, <laughs> insists that she big splashes Crash but hurts her gut because remember at this point in time, I'm pregnant. A 77-year-old woman is pregnant. Probably 35 years after menopause. Oh, good times, folks. Uh, we could probably hear things like uh, the baby. Uh, she is stretchered out here. This match is a non-finish. There is nothing going here. And then we hear things like, you know, Mae Young isn't going to make it to the hospital. And she is in labor. Seven months early. Yeah, if you're in labor seven months early, that's not a good thing. No, not at all. It's, it's that segment, folks. And we're going to get there right after this next match. Taz versus Chris Benoit. Tonight, Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Chef Boyardee. Mmm, beefy. Castrol Motor Oil and PhoneFree.com. Free long-distance calls online. Was Skype not a thing in the year 2000? Being alive back then, I can confirm it was not. AC Dub Chance suplexes for everyone in Alabama Slam by Taz. How do y'all like me now? He locks in the Taz mission, but Bossman and Albert interfere. We get the Baldo bomb and we get the torture rack neckbreaker on a chair. Chris Benoit hits a German suplex on him in this beatdown as well. 
But, you know, Taz is tough and he's getting back up. And he is still involved with uh, Big Boss Man. He then gets a crowd saying that, you know, Taz sucks as much as New York City. And we go from here. And now, Mae Young's in labor. She's backstage. We've got her legs up in the stirrups. Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe take a look at and have a sniff at her cooter and gag. She demands for a cigar. The uh, EMT, who looks a lot like Fred Durst, asks May when was the last time she had her period. And she said, uh, 1957? That does not add up. Uh, she farts. I mean, I wouldn't know. I'm not a father, but I've heard horror stories from the delivery room. Well, you, you can poop when you give birth. You're exerting and pushing down there. And then Fred Durst gets out flyers in the delivery. And then out pops a doll's hand. Covered in goop, Patterson and Briscoe are vomiting in the background. A hand. They can even go, a hand? A hand. Okay, first the implications and the thought of a part of a fetus being delivered and cried out of someone is actually kind of twisted. It's kind of demented, but this came from the mind of redacted, so it is not surprising in the least. This was as bad as Katie Vick, if not worse. This was as bad as Claire Lynch, if not worse. Why does it always involve pregnancy or sex? These awful, terrible angles. Yeah, this was worse than I remember. I rewatched it last night, and I am ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed of my browser history now. I was only looking at that first, just chill. And yeah. This was far, far worse than I remember. I remember seeing it in like the 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 blooper reels and it being kind of funny. Okay, Mae Young and Mark Henry, power couple, funny. Mae Young and Mark Henry renting out a honeymoon suite so we can get down. Funny. Mae Young at 77 years old announcing she's pregnant, despite being 30 plus years past menopause, funny. This, maybe not so much. Th th this, this can be scrubbed from our memories. I, God rest her soul, I love Mae Young. I mean, at that age, she is tougher than 90% of that locker room. Tougher than all the boys, like, put together, right? Yeah, yeah. That's all I can say about it. It was shit. 
It was disgusting. Hi. Next up here, we have the Dudley Boys versus DX's X-Pac and Road Dog. Get used to that pairing. Or the Tag Team Championships. Get used to this feud. There's a table set up at ringside for reasons. And Tori is out in a neck brace. A tombstone Tori, if you will. The Dudley Boys kick off this with a 3DB, the back suplex neckbreaker that the APA have been known to use as a finisher. Devon then puts in the dreaded neck crank, and it goes magna. If you know, you know. A sunset flip with an aloha arn it results in a two count. We get the dance punches, we get the Bronco Buster on Baba, but then we see Kane's pyro. Kane comes out, choke slams the road dog, Devon. And Bubba Ray, X-Pac, and Tori immediately bail. They just want new part of the Big Red Machine. Backstage, the Big Show, the McMahons, and Triple H are strategizing their handicap match later in the show. We then finally see Mick Foley's real tribute video. Cue up Sarah McLaughlin, but the network didn't pony up that kind of money. So then we see a big old highlight reel. No shenanigans, no Farva, no nothing. Just a highlight reel of his career from up to that point, you know, where he jumped off the roof of his of his house, imitating Jimmy Superfly Snuka. You know, him seeing the very same leap in Madison Square Garden in 1983-84 against Don Morocco. Him making it to the WWE, we see Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, the WWE Championship, the, the rest of his championship wins, like the tag team titles with Kane, that hardcore title that Redacted presented him with, and it was nice. And it was actually Sarah McLaughlin, unless I am Mandela affecting the crap out of this segment with other mclaughlin-esque highlight reels that were used for just about everyone who died ever again don't play that at my funeral i'm coming back in life to super kick you and it was nice although the dx one was kind of funny and foley he approved it folks i mean foley is a guy he he loves to have jokes at his own expense it makes himself laugh it makes the boys pop he, he's a comedian, right? And finally, the main event, The Rock versus Triple H and The Big Show, one final shot. Surprise, surprise, it's a walking brawl. It's a schmoz. We get double teaming. We get The Rock's hope spots. We get The Rock bottom and the people's elbow. And Shane McMahon runs in, causes the disqualification. It was a setup all along. The Rock is not going to WrestleMania. The Rock is not going to get to finish his story. He'll have to fight someone like Scott Hall or S.A. Rios or Dwayne Gill or someone else at WrestleMania. He is not going to WrestleMania 2000 to finish his story. WrestleMania 2000 is five weeks away. and In my timeline, it's probably more like two or three. <laughs> The road to WrestleMania 2000 is a bumpy 
convoluted one. And and trigger warning, I'm warning you now, it features the return of redacted Kennedy McMahon, who will be a major fixture on the show for some time until he does the genetic jackhammer bit. Jeepers creepers. Yes. Folks, thank you very much for listening. If you've made it this far, can of Coke or beer or vodka beer, if you know, you know. You can follow me on all the social medias. That's Twitter and Instagram. And when I remember to use them, Blue Sky and Threads at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast is available on Wrestle Addict Radio. Say it with me, the cure for the common wrestling podcast at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter, Wrestle Addict Radio on Instagram. We have a Discord page where we just talk about life, talk about wrestling. We share memes that could be featured on the Tip of the Crown post show on the Kings of the Rings podcast who stream Sometimes on a Tuesday, sometimes on a Wednesday. Uh, This week, it'll be on a Tuesday. It'll be long gone by the time you hear this show. I am recording this on Monday the 19th on Family Day up here in Canada. So it's a holiday for for some of us. Also listen to Nate, the effing greats, Brace for Impact, taking us through a journey back in time through TNA Wrestling. I believe Nate just got to the main event Mafia storyline. I apologize, my good buddy. I'm a little behind on my podcast listening, but I'm going to get there eventually. And I think look forward to a show with you in the near future. So we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And of course, you got to kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with the young lions perspective zach the Stephen a smith of wrestle addict radio so folks thank you very much for listening oh by the way check out our merch as well links are all in here thanks for listening until next time ttfn ta-ta for now and keep your stick on the ice this has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.